This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night, Behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled, when Lord So God imparts to human hearts the 
blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Oh, holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Hagrud and Debbie Tague, our musicians. And our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcasts, and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning, on WPCA Radio 93.1 and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Emory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank Jerry and Judy Wenchel for sponsoring this broadcast and for WPCA. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. And next Sunday, we'll be at Duranda at 9.30 for worship. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle or a cross, and you might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home experience. We are having communion today, so you may want to have some wine or grape juice and bread there also. And the Bible would be helpful to read along with us. As we begin our worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts in the the spirit of God's love and presence. And we begin with the invocation. We dedicate this hour in the presence and the purposes of God. We worship together with God the Creator. Jesus, our Savior, and the Spirit, Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. Let us confess our sins. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who alone does wonders, who lifts up the lowly, who fills the hungry with good things. Let us confess our sins, trusting in the tender mercy of our God, for whom we wait. 
In the presence of one another, we confess our sin before you. We fail in believing that your good news is for us. We falter in our call to tend your creation. We find our sense of worth and material wealth. We fear those different than us. We forget that we are your children and turn away from your love. Forgive us, blessed one, and assure us again of your saving grace. Amen. God in Christ Jesus has looked with favor upon you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, your sins are forgiven. You are children of the Most High, inheritors of the eternal promise and recipients of divine mercy. God strengthen you anew to follow the way of peace. Amen. And we'll continue with some more songs. God, it's leaves thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. But in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there's room in my heart for thee. Heaven's arches rang when the angels sang, proclaiming thy royal degree. Visit us with thy salvation, 
Breathe, oh breathe thy loving spirit into every troubled breast. Let us all in thee inherit. Let us find thy promised rest. Take continue with the prayer of the day. Almighty God, you have filled all the earth with the light of your incarnate word. By your grace, empower us to reflect your light in all that we do through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament lesson is found in Isaiah, the 63rd chapter, verses 7 through 9. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us, and the great favor to the house of Israel that he has shown them according to his mercy, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely, and he became their savior in all their distress. It was no messenger or angel, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. 
This uh, gospel lesson is found in Matthew, the second chapter, verses 13, 15, 19 through 24. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fill, fulfill what the prophet has been spoken by the Lord throughout the prophet, uh, out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there, and after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, welcome, children. I don't know how you think about but usually I think of Christmas as being a very calm, kind of peaceful time. Not much going on other than the birth of the child, but it was, most of the scenes we have are very, very kind and, and gentle. But for many, one of the first words that comes when the angels come to see the shepherds is fear not. In fact, it's interesting in the scriptures, whenever the angels do come, that's usually the first words that come out of their mouths is fear not. Because it's a little unnerving to all of a sudden see something you haven't seen before, the brightness and, uh, and who, what's going on. Is it a message of hurt or harm I but you know we uh, get caught up in that and uh, uh, well, fearing uh, even in times like maybe even at Christmas I remember a long time ago I I was with a bunch of my cousins and I was the older one there and I, I decided I'd tell them some scary stories and I did a pretty good job they were pretty scared by the time I was done I thought I, I, I laughed about it when I was home. I was telling my parents about that, and they, they kind of scolded me a little bit, but they, they kind of laughed too. Well, that night, I lived out in the country, and uh, there had been some people that had come around and had been stealing gas from the gas tanks the farmers had at that time. And, and so they told me to kind of keep an ear open. And so that night, about the middle of the night, all of a sudden I woke up and I heard noise and I went running down to Dad and said, Dad, there's somebody out there. And he went out there and there was nobody there. And he said, who did you scare today? After all, I think you're the one that got scared. Sometimes we get scared of things that aren't always that, that aren't there or that are different. But remember these words whenever you do get scared. God is with you. And the first words he would say to you is, fear not. I will take care of you. And for the shepherds out in the field, separated from everyone else, 
I'm sure it was a scary time, but the first words were fear not. And then it was go see this gift that is given, the Christ child. So this Christmas, I hope you see the Christ child and I hope you do it without fear. Take care, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, come to us. Help us to fear not for all the things that might go on in our life. And for these young people, help them to grow up in the safety of your grace and mercy and love. In your name we pray, amen. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the big round world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the wind and the rain in his hands. He's got the sun and the moon in his hands. He's got the wind and the rain in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the tiny little baby in his hands. He's got the helpless little baby in his hands. He's got the tiny little baby in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got everybody in his hands. He's got everybody in his hands. He's got everybody in his hands. He's got the whole world in Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Even though a lot of us in our culture feel that Christmas is over, we're really still in the Christmas season as far as the church goes. I enjoyed the children's sermon when I realized that uh, when you talk about fear not, uh, there are 365 times in the Bible that uh, those words come to people, fear not, that God addresses to them. Kind of interesting, that would be one for every year. Maybe every year we ought to wake up and the first words we say are, fear not, God is with us. Well, as we talk about Christmas, there's some things that are kind of interesting. This child that is born wasn't born the way we kind of normally expected, and you've heard this over and over again, but I always got a kick out of when I was a young kid, uh, I left the door or window open. What are you, born in a barn, I'd hear? And finally I realized, I finally one time responded, I said, yeah, it's not so bad. Jesus was born in a barn. Uh, got a little sticker, but not a good one. But then you look at it and you, you think about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. Podunk village, very tiny. Why would the God come into a place like that? Then he returns from Egypt and they go up to Nazareth and later on they say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I wonder how he felt about being a refugee. I don't know how old he was when he left, but for Joseph and Mary it had to be hard. He was a refugee. The family was a refugee. Back in that country, Egypt, that 
so many years earlier they had escaped, the Jewish nation had escaped from. And then he grew up poor, not rich, not living in wealth, not having all the accommodations, but poor. How does that help you understand this God that we have? For me, I'm glad that that's the way it ended because God came to us not as a rich person, not as a powerful person, but came to us like one of us to help us understand how much God actually does love us. Many of us have heard this story before, uh, but I'd like to share it again from, uh, uh, it's retold by Alice Gray in uh, Stories from the Heart, about how God comes to us. The wind was picking up on that cold December morning when nine-year-old Tommy and his dad hiked up to old Mr. Sweeney's cabin. Tommy could smell the chimney smoke and knew they were getting close. He pulled the flaps of his knit caps tighter over his ears and wondered what a hermit's cabin would look like. Folks talked a lot about the peculiar mountain man and whispered about how strange he became after his wife died. Less than a month after her burial, Mr. Sweeney sold their place in town and moved to the woods by himself, only coming out twice a year for supplies. When they came around the bend, Mr. Sweeney was on his porch looking in their direction like he was hoping for company. Tommy was surprised to see that even though the small, though the small cabin and barn needed paint, they were neat and orderly. He was proud to be alongside his dad and stepped right up to give a firm handshake when he was introduced. His dad delivered a basket of homemade muffins and jam, talked about the sudden change in weather, and then gently asked Mr. Sweeney if he would come to church with them, their family, on Christmas Eve. Old Mr. Sweeney's marbled eyes clouded over. He shook his head. His voice was a little huskier when he said he hadn't celebrated Christmas since his wife died. Besides that, he couldn't think of any reason why God would come to earth as a human. He thanked Tommy and his dad for coming and said they'd better hurry back home before the storm hit. The raw, cold, and forceful winds set in hard that afternoon. Mr. Sweeney was alone inside his cabin when a strange thumping sound alerted him. Outside, he saw a flock of shivering sparrows flying and hitting the window as they tried to get inside to escape the storm. Knowing that the birds would probably die if they didn't find warm shelter, the old hermit grabbed his hunting jacket, headed out to open the barn for the sparrows. He propped the doors open and turned on the barn light, hoping the sparrows would fly inside, and when they didn't, he tried to coax them in by tossing cornmeal near the entrance, but the sparrows scattered in all directions. Snow flurries swirled around the barn as Mr. Sweeney couched outside in a shadowed corner waiting for the birds to go inside. Nothing he did could coax the sparrows into the shelter of the barn. The birds were terrified and there was no way to let them know he was trying to help. Finally, somewhat exhausted and frustrated, Mr. Sweeney thought, if only I could become one of them, then they wouldn't be afraid of me. I could explain that I don't want to hurt them. I just want them to be safe and protect them from the storm.
Suddenly, Mr. Sweeney remembered similar words his wife had spoken. God came to earth as a human because there was no other way to tell us how much he loved us. Tears ran down his face as he watched the sparrows outside the barn door. How much God loves us. That's what this story is about at Christmas. We need to remember the sad thing is there still are many people, even after God has shown us how much he loves us, that are still outside in the cold. We of the church have the wonderful opportunity of sharing the good news, the good story of God's love, his grace, his mercy, his protection, his safety, his warmth that he wants for us. But even we in the church sometimes get caught up more in the blessing that God gives than the person that God is. Sometimes a blessing can be a curse too. It just depends on the attitude of the people as they hear and as they listen. A story that is kind of a fun one, uh, it's according to an Italian legend that was the day when Jesus traveled through Europe and Africa with his disciples. The stories that recount these legends are earthy and humorous. At the same time, they can also teach us. One evening about sundown, Jesus was walking with St. Peter when they stopped at the home of a wealthy couple. Do you have a place where two travelers could lay their weary bones, asked the Lord. Do I look like an innkeeper, shouted an irate woman as she slammed the door. Without a word, Jesus walked across the road to a very modest home. He knocked on the door and a woman carrying a small baby answered, and she said, would you be so kind as to give us a night's lodging, Jesus asked. Oh, it is an honor to share our home with you, the woman said enthusiastically. Surely you are hungry. Go warm yourself by the fire and I'll get you something as soon as I put the children to bed. As they stepped inside, the Lord and Peter saw three youngsters peeking out of a small bedroom. The woman excused herself and disappeared inside the bedroom. The two men could hear the voices of the children saying their prayers. Soon the woman rushed out of the room and quickly prepared sandwiches for the travelers. When Jesus and Peter awoke the next morning, they found a wonderful breakfast sitting on the table. I trust that you slept well last night, the woman said. As the men ate, the woman prepared school lunches for the children and put soup on the fire for the evening meal. When they got ready to leave, she handed Jesus a small bag. It isn't much, but it is, it is it, but it is, will be better than what you can get at some greasy inn. The Lord was clearly impressed with the treatment they had received. We'd like to thank you for your hospitality. I'm the Lord Jesus, and this is Peter. Whatever you start out doing this morning, you will continue to do all through the day. Then they waved goodbye and left. As soon as the children left for school, the woman started weaving. Never had things gone so well, or had she weaved so fine. By the time the children returned from school, she had weaved enough cloth to fill a whole room. After the evening meal, she wove again. Just because she was ready to quit her, just before she was ready to quit, her neighbor from across the road stopped by and was startled to see all the cloth the woman, and the woman told her the whole story. Had I known it was the Lord, I would have found room for them at my house, the woman said. Do you expect them again? 
They said they would be back in a week or so. Well, please be so kind to send them to my house so they can bless me. I will be happy to do so, said the woman. In a few days, the Lord and Peter stopped by the house of their friend about the same time. The woman explained that her neighbor had even more room and would be honored if the two men would spend the night at her house. She doesn't want us, muttered Peter as they crossed the street. All she wants is the blessing, speaking about the wealthy woman. Some people can turn a blessing into a curse, the Lord observed as he knocked on the door. This time the Lord and Peter were treated with great kindness. The kitchen was filled with freshly baked foods, and the woman ran back and forth to the table. She barked out orders to her husband, pick up the kettle, get more wood, watch where you are going. The Lord and Peter slept in the guest room and rose in the morning to a fine breakfast. As they prepared to eat, the Lord said, whatever you begin doing this morning, you shall continue throughout the day. As soon as the two men were out of sight, the husband set up the loom so that the wife could begin weaving. I will weave twice as much cloth as my neighbor, the woman exclaimed. But before she started, uh, settled down to weave, she was interrupted. And the woman decided to go to the outhouse to relieve herself. Once she began, she found that she couldn't stop. Several times she tried to get to the loom, but as soon as she sat down, she had to run outside again. She spent the entire day there until it was the end and time to go to bed. A blessing for one, a curse for another. For those who receive Jesus and any of his disciples, or even those who aren't his disciples, hospitality is important. And we don't do it looking for the reward or the gift. We do it out of love and concern. We want to honor the gift or the giver today, not just the gift. So many times people only talk about going to heaven where the streets of heaven are paved with gold and where friends and family will be. How often do they talk about, I get to meet Jesus the one who loves me so much, the one who has been with me every moment, every day of my life, the one who has called me home to be with him. You see, the blessing isn't in the gifts. It's in the giver. That's what makes a difference. And how we receive those gifts are important. One other story I want to share, and I've shared this before, but I think it says it best. It's told by Max Licato from A Gentle Thunder. I received a call from a friend named Kenny. He and his wife had just returned from Disney World. I saw a sight I'll never forget, he said. I want you to know about it. He and his family were inside Cinderella's castle. It was packed with kids and patient parents. Suddenly, all the children rushed to one side. Had it been a boat, the castle would have tipped over. Cinderella had entered. Cinderella, the pristine princess. Ken said, Kenny said she was perfectly typecast. A gorgeous young girl with each hair in place, flawless skin and a beaming smile. 
She stood waist deep in a garden of kids, each wanting to touch and be touched. For some reason, Kenny turned and looked toward the other side of the castle. It was now vacant except for a boy, maybe seven or eight years old. His age was hard to determine because of the disfigurement of his body. Dwarfed in height, face deformed, he stood quietly and wistfully holding the hand of an older brother. Don't you know what he wanted? He wanted to be with the children. He longed to be in the middle of the kids, reaching for Cinderella, calling her name. But can't you feel his fear? Fear of yet another rejection? Fear of being taunted again, mocked again? Don't you wish Cinderella would go to him? Guess what? She did. She noticed the little boy. She immediately began walking in his direction, politely but firmly inching through the crowd of children. She finally broke free. She walked quickly across the floor, knelt at eye level with the stunned little boy and placed a kiss on his face. I thought you would appreciate the story, Kitty told me, and I did. But it reminded me of another one. The names are different, but isn't the story almost the same? Rather than a princess of Disney, it's the Prince of Peace. Rather than a boy in a castle, it's a thief on a cross. It's a leper on the side of the road. It's all the different folks that Jesus met on his ministry. In all those cases, a gift was given. In both cases, love was shared. In both cases, the lovely one performed a gesture beyond words. But Jesus did more than Cinderella. Oh, so much more. Cinderella gave only a kiss. When she stood to leave, she took her beauty with her. The boy was still deformed. What if Cinderella had done what Jesus did? What if she assumed his state? What if she had somehow given her beauty and taken on his disfigurement? That's what Jesus did. He took our suffering on him and felt our pain for us. He was wounded for the wrong we did. He was crushed for the evil we did. The punishment which made us well was given to him, and we are healed because of his wounds. Make no mistake. Jesus gave more than a kiss. He gave his beauty. He paid more than a visit. He paid for our mistakes. He took more than a minute. He took away our sin. Jesus is the one that we celebrate at Christmas, not the latest fads and gifts that are given, but this God who cares for us. Fear not, Jesus is the gift. Merry Christmas. I am
Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, wash me just now, as in that Let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. With all the people of God, we pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. Today, as we celebrate your birth as Prince of Peace, we pray for peace in China and Taiwan, Ukraine and Russia, the Mideast, Africa, Latin America. May you give wisdom to those who are in leadership positions to work for peace, to look out for their neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Lord, you who are comforter, we pray for all those who are in need. I think of those refugees at the border, both those who come into the country and those who are turned away. And I also think of Kelsey Zamuda, Christina Burgett, Randy Goglin and Pat and Lucille Trofe, Helen Erickson, Shirley Lentz, Wayne Jones, Gary Fredrickson, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Rachel Seacrest, Scott Morgan, Rich Roos, Arlene Johnson, Matt Crayrup, Ida Martinson, Jean Hoisington, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Becky Anderson, Helen Jorgensen, Chuck Hutton, Clara Garish, Viola Haugerud, Jill Haugerud, and Joyce Anderson. We put all of these folks in your hands, O Lord, your healing hands. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, we think of your creation and we think of what the storms have done, the beauty of a white Christmas, and yet the devastation has happened in different parts of our country and other places. Help us to care for that earth that you have given us. Help us to live within so that people can celebrate you as creator and preserver of our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. This new year, we thank you. Thank you for the chance to start again, to dream of what we can accomplish this next year. But may our dreams be your dreams, Lord. May we show your love. May we do your will to those who are around us and help us to be hospitable and loving in all that we do. Oh Lord, bless this new year and may we celebrate it with fullness of joy because you are present with us. In your holy name we pray, amen. continue with the offering. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love, to care for, and to serve our neighbors. Oh Lord, we'd ask that you would bless these gifts that we share those gifts that you have given us first. Let the grace and generosity of our Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son to be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit to be the power that moves us to give and to share in all that we do. Amen. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, 
We gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks, and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. And may you fear not. Amen. Go tell it on the mountain over Shepherds kept their watching O'er silent flocks by night Behold, throughout the heavens There shone a holy light Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Go tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. Go is born.
Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Neighbor, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you.